A Bell and the Power of Karma Near the banks of the Hidaka there once stood a far-famed tea house, nestling amid lovely scenery beside a hill called the Dragon's Claw. The fairest girl in this tea house was Kiyo, for she was like the fragrance of white lilies when the wind, sweeping down the mountain heights, comes perfume-laden to the traveler. Across the river stood a Buddhist temple, where the abbot and a number of priests lived a simple and devout life. In the belfry of this temple reposed a great bell, six inches thick and weighing several tons. It was one of the monastery rules that none of the priests should eat fish or meat or drink sake, and they were especially forbidden to stop at tea houses, lest they should lose their spirituality and fall into the sinful ways of the flesh. One of the priests, however, on returning from a certain shrine, happened to see the pretty Kiyo flitting hither and thither in the tea garden like a large, bright-winged butterfly. He stood and watched her for a moment, sorely tempted to enter the garden and speak to this beautiful creature. But upon remembering his priestly calling, he crossed the river and entered his temple. That night, however, he could not sleep. The fever of a violent love had come upon him. He worked his rosary through his fingers and repeated passages from the Buddhist scriptures, but these things brought him no peace of mind. Through all his pious thoughts there ever shone the winsome face of Kiyo, and it seemed to him that she was calling from that fair garden across the river. His burning love grew so intense that it was not long before he stifled his religious feelings, broke one of the temple rules, and entered the forbidden tea house. Here he entirely forgot his religion, or found a new one in contemplating the beautiful Kiyo. Night after night he crept across the river and fell under the spell of this woman. Kiyo returned his love with equal passion, so that for the moment it appeared to this erring priest that he had found in a woman's charms something far sweeter than the possibility of attaining nirvana. After the priest had seen Kiyo on many nights, conscience began to stir within him and to do battle with his unholy love. The power of karma and the teaching of the Lord Buddha struggled within his breast. It was a fierce conflict, but in the end passion was vanquished, though, as we shall learn, not its awful consequences. The priest, having stamped out his carnal love, deemed it wise to deal with Kiyo as circumspectly as possible, lest his sudden change should make her angry. When Kiyo saw the priest after his victory over the flesh, she observed the faraway look in his eyes and the ascetic calm that now rested upon his face. She redoubled her feminine wiles, determined either to make the priest love her again or, failing that, to put him to a cruel death by sorcery. All Kiyo's blandishments failed to awaken love in the heart of the priest and, thinking only of vengeance, she set out, arrayed in a white robe, and went to a certain mountain where there was a Fudo shrine. Fudo sat, surrounded by fire, a sword in one hand and a small coil of rope in the other. It was here that Kiyo prayed with fearful vehemence that this hideous-looking god should show her how to kill the priest who had once loved her. From Fudo, she went to the shrine of Kompira, 
who has the knowledge of magic and is able to teach sorcery. Here she begged that she might have the power to turn herself at will into a dragon serpent. After many visits, a long-nosed spirit, probably a Tengu, who waited upon Kompira, taught Kyo all the mysteries of magic and sorcery. He taught this once sweet girl how to change herself into the awful creature she desired to be for the purposes of cruel vengeance. Still, the priest visited Kyo, but no longer was he the lover. By many exhortations, he tried to stay the passion of this maiden he once loved, but these priestly discourses only made Kyo more determined to win the victory in the end. She wept, she pleaded, she wound her fair arms about him, but none of her allurements had the slightest effect, except to drive away the priest for the last time. Just as the priest was about to take his departure, he was horrified to see Kiyu's eyes suddenly turn into those of a serpent. With a shriek of fear, he ran out of the tea garden, swam across the river, and hid himself in the great temple bell. Kiyo raised her magic wand, murmured a certain incantation, and in a moment the sweet face and form of this lovely maiden became transformed into that of a dragon serpent, hissing and spitting fire. With eyes as large and luminous as moons, she crawled over the garden, swam across the lake, and entered the belfry. Her weight broke down the supporting columns, and the bell, with the priest inside, fell with a deafening crash to the ground. Kiyo embraced the bell with a terrible lust for vengeance. Her coils held the metal in a vice. Tighter and tighter she hugged the bell till the metal became red-hot. All in vain was the prayer of the captive priest. All in vain, too, were the cries of his fellow brethren, who implored that Buddha would destroy the demon. Hotter and hotter grew the bell, and it rang with the piteous shrieks of the priest within. Presently his voice was stilled, and the bell melted and ran down into a pool of molten metal. The great power of karma had destroyed it, and with it the priest and the dragon serpent that was the once beautiful Keo.